Hey everybody, welcome to our football show where we just share some football thoughts over the weekend. Our ridiculously crazy weekend of football in a good way from last weekend. As always, I'm joined by Canton Repository sports writer Peter Holland. Peter, how are you doing today? Good, Chris. How are you? Good to be back. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, there was a lot of upsets we talked about last week, which I was like, wow, this is crazy in college football. And I think the NFL said, hey, we're going to even get crazier. Just so ridiculously, and we're going to get into those games, but there were three or four just insane last-second comebacks, and uh, it was just a wild week for NFL. It's been crazy for football in general, not just um, college or pros, but... Man, I was in high school. I was covering Maslin, and they beat. They shut down the the national rank St. Edward. I was there for that. So yeah, that was a, that was a dramatic game itself. So I was like, that's gonna be that kind of weekend. A lot of drama, and from high school all the way to the NFL, which I call that a comeback week. There was a lot of comebacks um, after going down by a few touchdowns. So yep. Yeah, and we're crazy. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about all of them. Uh, let, let's start here in Ohio. Um, man, the Browns have had some insane losses over the years. Uh, man, this one could have been the most insane. I mean, Nick Chubb had a touchdown. Uh, Browns had a 13-point lead with about a minute and a half left. Uh, Kid York missed the extra point. And, you know, these extra points are 33 yards. It, it's still very makeable, but sometimes misses happen. And good night, um, Peter, the Jets took advantage. Uh, they had a, um, you know, they had a long touchdown pass from uh, by Joe Flacco. They got the onside kick, ran down for another touchdown. They win the game. And unbelievably enough, they went from being 13 down for a minute and a half left to lining up in the victory formation after the Browns uh, threw a last-second interception. Uh, what do you think happened there with the Browns? more like a reality check you can say that they're not where they need to be right now um you have you pretty much say that they had this game won because they were they were up what 30 17 before with the last two minutes left or something like that and the Jets just said we ain't going down like this so hold my beer and that is just reality where the, the, the Browns are just not where they need to be right now and you can't let this let a game slip away like that, especially if it came down to an extra point. Um, yeah. That, um, I am. It was just. It was like a week ago. We were all praising Kate York when he knocked down that fifty-eight yard um, game winner, and then you're down to the dumps of missing an extra point where you can make in your sleep. Yeah, it happens, but that's just something that you just can't afford to lose. And that's where, that's where those same old Browns logic is gonna come into the play. Like we're not where they need, we're not where they need to be, and that's exactly the thing with the Browns. They are not where they need to be right now. Yeah, and you know the defense, you know they've got some good parts. And with Miles Garrett, Javon Clowney, uh, you know Denzel Ward, but. They've had some really bad breakdowns. I I think back to that you know long uh, Flacco touchdown pass, which kind of opened the door for a potential comeback. Yeah, I, I never thought the Browns were a great, great defense, but uh, why do you think they're not 
I, I mean, they should be better than what they're playing. I mean, they gave up a bunch of points to Carolina. They gave up a bunch of points to the, the Jets. And, man, Joe Flacco has had a good game in five, six years. I mean, uh, what do you think is needed to fix what's going on with the Browns defense right now? I guess you can start with the secondary. Yeah. Uh, they gave up a lot of wide-open passes in both games, mainly in the safety spot. Um, so the that that last touchdown or that last or that wide open touchdown they gave up to like Gary Wilson, that was a busted coverage. And yeah. someone messed up or someone missed their assignment. I don't know what they were expecting safety help or someone was being an island. There was a missed coverage on that end. So that's something that needs to be addressed as well. Um is they're not on the same page as far as with that or they're not communicating well enough where you're giving up big play. They can the little things are there. They can they can go to a tone and go get you stops, especially with the front seven. But then when you're going when you're going Joe Flacco can still sling that thing and if he got, and he has great wide receivers, great young wide receivers. Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, they'll they're fast and they'll get open if you don't if you don't whip. So that's probably the case if with um, um, with the, the Browns. That's that's something that really needs to address is the secondary. Yeah, because, you know, give Jacoby Brissett's credit. He hasn't played bad at all this year. But, man, you know, that offense is, only, is limited, you know, without Deshaun Watson. And, you know, with still some questions at your second receiver, Mark, Man, your defense can't be giving up you know, 20, 30 points a game for the Browns to win games until Deshaun Watson comes back. I mean, I don't think Jacoby's going to keep scoring that much every game. No, no. Um, Brissett was fine until that interception that was yeah. clearly on him. But they were fine, but you want Brissett. It goes back to what we, when the last time we talked about with Brissett is you don't want him to do too much or no one right. him to do too little either when you have a really good running game. And I still feel like they underutilized Nick Chubb, even when he was moving the ball well. Um, so that was the same Browns that we've seen last year, that your best player is on the backfield. And Nick Chubb, you only gave right. him 17 carries and, you know, and he went under, under 100 yards. When you know that he is capable of moving the chain, and that's something that they got to get better. And I, and I understand you don't want to overuse him. Now, I get that logic, but you also got Kareem Hunt that was also underutilized as well. Why not go to your strength and work on that run game? You don't have to use Brissett, especially in desperate times. You were winning the entire time. So though you were leading until that final two-minute drive. Why not go to your running back more? The Browns, um, let's look a little bit at the Steelers. Uh, Steelers played New England on Sunday. Browns play the Steelers on Thursday night. First of all, Thursday night games stink. I, I know we want to watch NFL on different nights, but come on. You know, let's, you know, give high school their due, you know, put some more college football games on Thursday, it's just they're not traditionally great games because there's only a four day delay. 
I don't you know. know. I don't know about all of that because that that cheap that cheap Chargers game was really fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Game. Well, I'm, but they're I'm really good teams, though. I mean, they're good enough teams where they could play, you know, Tuesday overnight or something, and they'll still put together a good game. But I mean, there have been traditionally stinkers on Thursday night in terms of the teams don't play well. Sometimes you get a big injury. Um, <laughs> the last time the Browns and Steelers played Thursday night was a very eventful game, uh, where there's a lot of injuries, and you had the big fight with, um, you know, Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph last time. Um, you know. I'll tell you that Steelers game on Sunday, it's hard to change quarterbacks, uh, especially when your backup quarterback is your perceived quarterback of the future. I thought the Steelers just went with Mitch Trubisky way too long. Uh, he wasn't getting the job done. Um, and, you know, that, that was a winnable game by the Steelers, and they – you know, you had to get a spark somehow. And for some reason, they didn't think that Kane Pickett was ready at that time. So you leave Trubisky out there. Man, um, Pierre, that offense of the Steelers isn't looking too good right now. Uh, other thing about the Steelers is um, T.J. Watt, their best defensive player, he's out. Um, it's only going to be for about five more weeks, but he's not going to play on Thursday. Steelers, who usually get a lot of pass rush and sacks, no sacks on Sunday against New England, which really hurt them. So the Browns definitely have an opportunity. I really look at this game as both the Browns and Steelers, this is a game they're both going to be desperate to win. They're 1-1. One one. You know, 2-1 and one's a whole heck of a lot different than 1-2. and two. Uh, I'll give you my picks, Pierre. I want to hear yours. I think it all depends on if Kane Pickett plays. I'm not sure if Kane Pickett is your next franchise quarterback, but I think Kane Pickett could bring something to the game that Trubisky can't. I think if Pickett starts, Steelers win 2017. But I think if Trubisky starts, Browns win 2017. What is your thoughts about the game? Um, That's something I got to think about a little bit. Um, First of all, I don't know if it's smart to put in Kenny Pickett now. Uh, just throw him out there in a the fire like that. Um, especially that I think it's not just the, I think the quarterback is kind of the least. Well, I won't say the least of your worries, but there's a lot of things that there's issues with the Steelers outside of the quarterback position. Yes, the Mr. Biscuit thing, I don't like the inconsistency of that, but also, there's a lot more issues on the offensive line. I mean, right to the Patriots. Patriots are a good defensive team, still a good defensive team. They yeah. gave three sacks against against um, the Steelers. So, there are also issues on the offensive line. Um, I So, if you just throw a rookie out there and he's going to whip, then you pretty much just stunt the man's growth. I probably would stick with Mitch Trubisky just because he still brings that veteran presence, but they still got to figure it out of, of um, offensive their offensive identity, which we still don't know right now. Yeah, I don't disagree with you about Cam Pickett. You're taking a chance if you throw him out there. I really think right now, I'm. I mean, you know, Pierre, they score one more touchdown to beat New England. I mean, that was a winnable game for them. If I don't think Trubisky is that guy, then if, if you don't want to put, um, you know, pick out there, I, I get that. Then make Mason Rudolph your quarterback. 
and either have Pickett and Soldier back up and have Trubisky your third, or I mean, you, you got to do something different than Mitch Trubisky right now. Well, uh, he looks too scared to make the big play and everything. If it's not Pickett, I get that, but you have to have another thing out there. And let, if it's let me, ask, but let me ask you this, Chris. Sure. What what difference would it make if it was Mason Rudolph? I'm not a big Mason Rudolph guy either, but at least I'm seeing Mason throw the ball downfield. I mean, that game against New England, I was seeing Mitch Trubisky checking down when he had guys open downfield and other stuff. I mean, as soon as there problems on their offense, I'm not saying change quarterbacks and they're going to score 50 a game, but they got some talent on the outside with Pickens and, you know, Delonte Johnson and uh, Chase Claypool. They're not the Dolphins that we're going to talk about. Good Lord, the Dolphins look amazing with their receivers. But they're better than they were against New England. And you, and, and Pierre, I agree with you. Maybe it's not Mitch, you, you know, well, it's not Mitch Trubisky, but maybe it's not Mason Rudolph. Maybe it's not uh, Kane Pickett. But you can't just keep marching Mitch Trubisky out there. Um, this game is Cleveland. Cleveland's a good football team. This game is a winnable game for the Steelers. And, man, you lose that. I mean, the Steelers are going to start to play Buffalo, Miami, other teams like that. You're, you're going from a you know eight nine win season to a two win season. You know, you, you got to beat the Browns. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I will say this. Um, uh, I know you're using that key word, winnable game. I mean, after learning from this week, um, this whole entire week, there are no such thing as winnable games right now. Because anybody can be anybody. You just right. saw the Dallas Cowboys want beat the Cincinnati Bengals with a backup quarterback. Anything right. can happen. So I I would say in that regard that I wouldn't go as far as say it's a winnable game. I think it can still go either way. You saw all four of the AFC North team lose. So right. I, it, it, it can go back and forth with both. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, but I think it, even if you do a quarterback change, you still don't know the exact identity. You have the players, you got the skilled players. I'm a Najee right. Harris fan. I love him, but they have not figured out how to get him going, and it starts up front with your offensive line but they can't get a push. So right now, what the Steelers is, what what is their identity? What can right. they do to, to, turn, to make the turn? And right now, we don't know yet. Well, and I'll tell you the other thing. I mean, I'm a big Najee Harris guy, too. I think Najee's hurt, to be honest with you. I mean, he has a loose Frank injury. I think he's healthy enough to play. But I think he's not 100%. And I think that's hurting Najee. And, you know, you got him for your offensive line, too, which is hurting Najee, too. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So, so you look at, are you looking for a Browns win, or if you had to pick? Uh... I'm probably say that's gonna be a really good one. Uh, I I wouldn't even surprise me if it ends up in a in a tie, but that's that's a full <laughs> prediction itself. Hey. I'll probably I'll probably say um, I think it's gonna be a low scoring game, but I think I think the Cleveland Browns will capitalize slightly. Uh, I think it'll probably come down to the hands of Jacoby Brissett. Um, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns 17 
14. You know, that would be such a Thursday night game <laughs> after what happened the last time with the Browns and Steelers if they tied. I, I mean, it would. I'm not picking a tie, but yeah, that would that would be appropriate for Thursday night games. That game ended up in a tie. That was the exact same score with the Patriots Steelers game, and that literally yeah. came right in my head. No, it wouldn't surprise me, especially if Mitch Trubisky starts. I'm, I usually am more confident when the Steelers play the Browns. I'm not right now, so it's tough. Uh, speaking of Ohio teams we're not confident in, man, I, I wasn't predicting this, Peter. The Bengals 0-2, uh, AFC, uh, reigning AFC champions, and, and they're struggling right now. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to give you my guess. Tell me if you agree with me or not. I'm thinking it's got a little bit to do with the fact these guys were rusty. They didn't play that much in the preseason. Uh, Joe Burrow has the Penix out. He's okay. But, man, you, you really have those reps. I mean, I don't think Burrow had to play the whole preseason by any means, but he didn't get that as much practice time. And I just think the Bengals right now are a little bit out of sync, which is surprising, but that's where I'm seeing them right now. I don't think it's rust at all because if it was rust, um, you could just pretty much say to the other opposing teams that they're dealing with rust as well. So it can go both ways on that end. But I don't think that – but it could be a a Super Bowl hangover. That could be a, a, okay. more, appropriate, a more appropriate term because they were a Super Bowl team without a good offensive line. And what was the, and what was the agenda is you – Sign offensive line. You continue to protect Joe Burrow, and that's exactly what they didn't do against the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Um, they have not protected him. That you made all these offseason moves, adding Leo Collins and the guys, and you thought that this would be an improvement, but they went backwards. Um, so that's something that is probably going to play a part. Um, as far as with Joe Burrow, uh. At least he didn't commit any turnovers. I think that's probably a positive note on that. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what the exact problem. Some probably some even say it could be a, a play calling issue. Um, from what I've seen, um, there's some questionable calls of Zach Taylor that didn't really make sense to me. Um, so especially on third down plays um, and. And, and even though the defense held their own, but they so much they can do, but you just cannot lose to a backup quarterback like Cooper Rush like that. So there is really um, some issue with the Cincinnati, mainly on the offensive side, that really needs to be figured out. Yeah, it's stunning because, as you said, you look at that team last year and you say, oh, they didn't have offensive line. Wow, look, they spent money. So you put two and two together, you think it's four, and say, look, their offense lines could be better. Look out, Bengals win every game by a ton. But, you know, two and two actually equal five. You know, they got a bunch of new offense linemen. They seem to have the same problem, and they spent a lot more money. I, Yeah, man, it's just, it, it's hard It's hard to say. And they, they've got to get right. I mean, Pierre, it's interesting, this next game, you know, man, if we looked at this at the beginning of the year, we said, man, Jets – Hosting the Bengals, we say, ah, Bengals by 10. Man, I, I don't even know what to think of if the Bengals win this game. What do you think about this next game, Bengals at Jets next Sunday? Man, I don't know. Man. It's 
go back to my logic. Anybody can beat anybody. On paper, the Bengals should beat the Jets, but then we just saw what they did to the Browns. And we thought the Browns was going to get that win. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think the Bengals are going to. Are, should get the win. I expect them to get the win. They, um, but who knows? If they can't get the offense figured out, then I don't know. I think they, I think they, they should get the. I think they should get the win. I expect right. them to make a statement. This should be a statement win for them, especially them. They're at home, right? Or are, are they back at it's home? It's at New York. At New York. Oh, is that the New York Jets? Okay. Um. So. I think this will definitely be a statement for the Bengals because it's not going to be easy going forward. If you can't beat the Jets, then hang on to your hat because guess we're going to play next week. Then Miami Dolphins, and then be, and then then a week after that, the Baltimore Ravens, then the New Orleans Saints. You got to get as much wins as possible because you're going to deal with the Dallas before they before they all go to Cleveland by the end of October. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's gonna be some interesting uh, games coming up. I mean, the Saints played the Buccaneers uh, tough for a while yesterday too. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's gonna be nuts. I, I, I felt the Bengals could have had a Super Bowl hangover, but man, you're owing to. Uh, Bengals are favored to win, but. Ugh. I don't know. I, I would pick the Bengals in this one. I, I can't imagine Joe Flacco's going to have uh, two great games in a row, and I think that's what he would need to knock off the Bengals. i say the Bengals win. It may not be a statement, but the Bengals win. I'd say by seven. Oh, you think it's going to be close then, huh? Yeah. I I think the, the big – I don't know if it's Russ. The guy kick off the bad – Whatever they got going on there, and I, I think they win. I, I don't think it's going to be a going away game, but I, I, they'll, they'll win, and they're going to try to get on the right track there. So, um, let's kind of stick. I know this is in Ohio, but I got to tip my hat to Pierre. He's going to love talking about this. Um, and it's AFC North, which obviously um, matters a lot of the um, the Bengals and the Browns. Uh, crazy game in Baltimore yesterday. Um, Lamar Jackson played really well. Uh, he staked the Ravens out to, what was it, a 35-14 lead in the fourth quarter. But, man, Miami came roaring back with Tua. And, man, their offense was just rolling. Um, Miami comes back, wins the game 42-38. to Lots of big stats from uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Jalen Waddell. Uh, Chase Edmonds looked good at the running back. I liked how you had, I mean, it was almost Chief-esque because you had those um, good receivers. You had a solid, big tight end in Mike Krzyzewski. Or Jeski, right. It's not Krzyzewski. Yeah, it's just, man, I can't speak. Coach K is the Duke coach. He's not the uh, Miami tight end. So, um, you know, I don't know, Craig. I, I thought Miami looked good. I'm still a little bit nervous about Miami's defense. I think Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback, but I thought they made Lamar Jackson look way too good. Um, but, man, on offense, I like Waddle. I like Hill. I like the fact that you, you got a, a tough tight end. And, you know, I think you tweeted this the other day, speed kills. And I, 
I thought Miami's got a chance of offense. I think the defense has got to kind of match up with their offense so well for them to get really far. But, hey, we saw a lot of things from Miami we haven't seen lately. Speed definitely kills, and that was definitely a major difference um, in the, for the Miami Dolphins. Um, me as a Dolphins fan growing up, I am ecstatic to see um, the growth of Tua Tagovailoa and finally getting the weapons that he desperately needed. And that's and, you, and that's exactly what he got. Um, adding the Tyreek Hill, who was um, just throwing just wide-open bombs um, in those, those fourth quarter. Um, and Jalen Waddle is just... And there's, there's another compliment with Tyreek Hill that Tyreek is also going to be just simply a decoy. And you got pick your poison. Ty, Tyreek on one end, Jalen Watt on the opposite. I'd even mention Cedric Wilson, Mike Isecki, the running backs in the backfield, Raheem Mostert, who runs a 4-2. They got speed everywhere. And if you cannot keep up with that, then it will be a long day. And I think the, for the ball, on the Baltimore Ravens side, they were just simply gassed. They're, yeah. They, there was no else of that because they – couldn't figure out their coverage. They were busted plays, and Tyreek Hill literally just ran right by a corner. Um, so Lamar Jackson played well. He did a great job. He definitely deserved to get paid. I don't care what anybody says. Um, he should get his money, and he played phenomenally. I thought it was going to be over after that kickoff return touchdown by their Super Day. And right. Lamar Jackson pretty much owned the Miami Dolphins defense until this the second half where they only scored 10 points but at the end of the day it was it was it was a great win for the Miami Dolphins but it was a devastating loss for Baltimore Ravens because that's not how you that's not what you expect from the Baltimore Ravens in general they always will punch you in the mouth first and they will go and they will never put their foot off the gas they definitely did that on Sunday I almost getting better receivers but you know, they're not giving Lamar Jackson help he needs. I mean, Mark Andrews is a good tight end. They just don't have that as deep of receivers as, you know, other teams do. And that hurts Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's not a Lamar Jackson problem. It's more of he needs better receivers to throw to overall. And, you know, they've had that problem for the last couple of years. Well, they got Rashawn Bateman. Rashawn Bateman had a good game himself. He made that little slant route that – um, right, but that's on that, one guy. That zero coverage, and he scored. Right. He, they got yeah. guys. Well, no, I, I like me uh, Bateman. As, as, what's that? I like Bateman, but, man, I, I mean, look at what's going on with Miami. I mean, Jalen Wall was okay last year, but when you get guys like, you know, Tyreek Hill around them, that makes you, you know, Waddle a lot better. And, I, I mean, I'm just looking at it. I mean, yeah, Bateman's good. I, I saw Bateman do some good stuff yesterday, but he needs that complimentary guy to really make him shine. I mean, Tyreek Hill made Waddle ten times better than he was last year just based on the skill level on the other side of the ball. I think to your point, but the thing is that Lamar is still the player you expect him to make your wide receivers better. And I think he that's what makes them separate from a, a great quarterback to an elite quarterback. And I think Lamar Jackson is capable of making guys like Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews 
Um, Duvernay, I guess you could say he's their number two, but that he got injured late in the fourth quarter as well. Um, I think he's still concussion. So they got enough talent around um, Lamar Jackson, but then you need your when it's time where you need Lamar Jackson, your playmaker, to make plays. He didn't execute when you need him to. So you can put it all on is not having enough weapons around him. That's fair. But at the same time, if you want to pay Lamar Jackson top end dollars, make him the high state quarterback, you gotta make those play you gotta make the place and close the deal. And he has not done that. I, I, I still wonder as a Steelers fan what it would be like and you know the guy ended up getting is starting to come on and Troy Edmonds is a safety. But man, that year Lamar Jackson got drafted by the Ravens. Steelers drafted Troy Edmonds over Lamar Jackson. I you, you know, say which one about Lamar Jackson, but I've been interested to see him in a Steelers uniform right now. Well, oh, that's a that's a that's a big statement to say right now. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, I think he's gonna be a Baltimore Raven probably for life. They they're not gonna let him go that easily. They just gotta No, but what I'm saying the Steelers could have drafted him where oh, he never would have been a Raven. Him. Yeah. But Big Ben was still there. So I don't even know if that would even be the question if they wanted a Lamar Jackson. Let me make a wild comment. I'm always a Big Ben guy, and I thought even his last year when he wasn't that great, um, his drive helped him win games they probably shouldn't have last year. But that said, um, you know, Big Ben, his last couple years wasn't as great. Man, you develop a guy like Lamar Jackson, maybe you lose Big Ben a year or two earlier, but maybe you've won a lot more. Who knows? Yeah. It's tough. Um, I think we got time for at least one more. Obviously, as the Ohioan, we need to talk about the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, you know, they beat Toledo. Uh, big score, 77-21. to 21. Um, Anything to surprise you about the game? I mean, yeah, Toledo's pretty good, but Ohio State needed to be in by a lot, you know, as the one of the top teams in the country. Uh, did you expect a score like that? Did it surprise you at all? No, there was no surprise at all. Right. Um, they got Ohio State got the players. They they're loaded at the wide receivers. They utilize each and every one of them. Um, run, continue to put up the score. You have when you're going against teams like a Toledo, and not really knock on Toledo. I mean, they played really well for the first couple for the first couple of drives, but then eventually um, the Ohio State was just simply a better team, and that's what they exactly what they did. Um, just run up the score on them and get some more style points. Um, and that was just probably what it was. Uh, but I'm still a little bit um, concerning with the defense because uh, they they really they didn't really play up to. The, the same part as the Ohio State offensive side. Because um, 21 points, that's something that you just can't allow, especially uh, that one one um, touchdown play, um, that one touchdown pass um, that clear quarterback made. That, that was a bad defensive. Um, that was by bad on the defensive side. So that was a little bit disappointing, but, but obviously – other than that, there was not much of a surprise there. Ohio State did what they had to do. 
I, I never thought Ohio State had a chance of losing that game. I, I had to tell you, I, I was out a little bit later on Saturday. I didn't get home to catch the beginning of the game. I turned that game on. It was 7-7. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> that shocked me for a second. It was even that close at that time of the game. Yeah. Um, the way to see what caused football, a lot of things is when happened that you can't just underestimate some of the smaller teams, but when you're right. a top five team like Ohio State, that you're expecting to run up the score on them. But as far as on the defensive defensive side, I was still a little bit disappointed on that end that they could have they could have done better to um, stop um, the, the, the lead of quarterback. He was doing pretty well until until the until they finally got going on 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 Ohio State in the second half. But that Daquan Finn guy looked pretty good. Um, I think he might do some things in the MAC conference, but yeah. But other than that, man, there's really no other 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 else to say. But Ohio State, but do their, they did their thing. Um, do you think Ohio State uh, knocks off um, Wisconsin? Is that Ohio State? It's the Saturday night game this week. Uh, I believe so. They play. Yes, they play with Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking too. It'll be interesting to see where Ohio State stands. I mean, I think definitely that Wisconsin game is a winnable game. I uh, wonder how big the score will be. It'll be interesting to see how Ohio State does against them. Um, you guys score style points, and that'll be uh, good to see what ends up happening there. Um, Pierre, we, we got a minute or two. I'll leave you with a uh, trivia. Let's see okay. how well you know Ohio State history. Um, it's been over 100 years since Ohio State last loss to an in-state um, college. Who was that college? Uh, interesting to see if you know this or not. Well, being in fact, I'm not in Ohio, and that doesn't really help. Um, Akron? No, it was October 8th, 1921. Ohio State wasn't even around. They played at their old stadium called Ohio Field. 10,000 people in attendance. Ohio State was at the Rose Bowl the year before. They lost 7-6 to six to Oberlin. How about that? Oakland. Oakland. Is that a D2 school? Uh, it was probably... like Ohio State was four times the size back then. Um, yeah, they're still playing now. It's got to be at least a D2 school. Yeah, I would guess that. I was just looking at the more Division One schools, like the Mac Conference. I was not even thinking about Oakland. Yeah. But um, goes back to my point. I know Ohio, so <laughs> I, <don't>, <laughs> I ain't going to hold you. The crazy thing about that is um, the three pre- – and I'm looking at a story I wrote for the dispatch a while back about this. The three previous meetings between the schools, Ohio State beat Oberlin, or they outscored them, 211 to nothing in the last three matches before the game where Oberlin shocked Ohio State. Ohio State beat them 128 to nothing in 1916. A couple years later, Oberlin beat Ohio State 7 to 6. Crazy stuff. Interesting. That's very interesting. I learned something today. 
Yeah, could you imagine if Ohio State lost to Oberlin this year? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah, let's not get too hasty here. Uh, yeah, that'd, that'd be crazy. All right. Well, Peter, thanks again for your time. I appreciate it, uh, especially on this wild football day. Um, yeah, this is a crazy week. Um, I don't know what's going to happen the next the next week, but we will see. I mean, Ohio State, Wisconsin. I'm not going to go Wisconsin out as a run up score game. They got they got that running back who is really good. Um, I think his name is Bo Allen, something like yeah. that. Braylon Allen, that's the name. Braylon Allen. If they okay. can't stop him, it might be a long day for Ohio State. But I think no good. Definitely. All right. Well, well. thanks again, man. I, I appreciate it. Um, if you follow me on social, look, my Gannett journey is coming to end. Uh, I took a position. Uh, I'm going to be staying here in the area, but I'm going to be working for a company in Chicago. But, hey, Pierre's going to stay with us for the football season. Hopefully, um, more to come. So, uh, just because I'm leaving Gannett doesn't mean Gannett's leaving me. So, looking forward to having Pierre <laughs> uh, stay with us. So, um, all right. Anything else? Anything going on in your life you want to promote here? Anything you've written lately? Uh, you want people to take a look at? Um. Well, for the for the local audience, I'm go, I'm going to do in a lot of masculine coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be at. You saw that I was um, covering the Saint the Madison Saint Edwards game. Um, that was a, a outstanding win by Madison taking down a. A national powerhouse in King yeah. Edward. Um, so we'll see how the, the direction uh, what Max can do going forward. They do play Austin Town Fit, another really good team. Um, and yeah, if you love Maxlin, um, give me a follow, um, subscribe um, to the Can Repository. We got it all covered for you. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure I'm not sure if there's anything going on at the second, but uh, Pierre also does a lot of stuff with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So whenever something's going on in terms of their building schedule, or even just some of the events happening the Pro Football Hall of Fame, check out CantonRap.com. You'll probably see a Pierre story about that too. Absolutely. Right now, things are a little bit slowing down with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We're just waiting until the next. Um, the next voting selection. So that's yeah. probably won't be until like October ish around there. I'm going to see who's going to make the top 122 this year, especially with the this year's class of 2023. Um, yeah. And then the eligible players. Um, Joe Thomas is going to be in there. And Darrell Reeves, all the guys okay. who have a strong case of being first ballot Hall of Famer. Is that probably the biggest names out there that could make it? Those are. Those are the two notable who I, I think that have a strong case. But there are other guys like Cam Chancellor. Um, what's uh, another guy? Uh, uh, Chris Johnson. Um, mm. The other Steelers player. Um, I, I can't think of his name right now. Of uh, the edge rusher. Um, he was with the he was with the Steelers and he was also with the Bengals. That big strong. Oh, Harrison. James Harrison. James Harrison. Yeah, I don't know why my. Kent State guy that. too, man. Yeah, James Harrison. He's also eligible. So yeah. those are just some of the notable names. But I think Joe Thomas and Darrell Reeves have strong first ballot Hall. Yeah, it's funny. Kent State never really had a ton of success in the college football 
I feel, but there's a lot of alumni that have gone to big, you know, you think about Nick Saban, you think about, um, what was it, Elman? Yeah, for the Patriots. And, Union Elman. Yep, and uh, James Harrison. So, yeah, good stuff. All right, well, Peter, thanks for your time. Again, appreciate it. Hang out for a second afterwards. Uh, for Peter, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out our network. And again, check all the other shows on our network. Again, um, Craig and I are changing some positions, but we're, we're still trucking along with the network. Keep checking us out for new content every day. Have a great night, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.